Hello again everyone. Thank you for tuning in into my podcast. Uh this is the fifth of the podcast in the series and uh let's uh let's dive in. By this time, I'm sure many of you, my listeners, must have been convinced that this podcast series is not an apology for Indian secularism or uh, let us say Indian brand of secularism. Indian brand of secularism is understood to be more assimilative of all religious um attributes or all religions rather than uh, an uh, atheistic critique of the religion this uh, mind you this primary definition of secularism that originated in the west was an atheistic critique of the religion of one true god What if I tell you that the great Indian brand of secularism is actually an assimilation of both that is you know uh, the assimilative brand of Indian secularism and atheistic critique not venturing very far into the intellectual world we will find some multi-degreed intellectual like Kushwant Singh for example slandering the institution of religion This slander also comes from an intellectual and moral pedestal in which superstition is pitted against humanist and equalizing science. Pay special attention to the word equal and progressive. In every discourse with regards to religion and especially the religion the major religion of this country um, uh the words that are pitted against uh particular practices rituals are equal and progressive of course such very intellectual arguments presuppose religion to be a monolith and could be called a uh, a hangover of the soviet era uh, bec- uh, and the soviet era disdain of anything that is not progressive that i say in quotes and not in the interest of humanity now let's look into this deeper let me explain the soviet state founded on the basis of marxist ideals got very popular during the 1970s and 80s due to due to its material prosperity that means the soviet state was very was doing very well uh, in terms of uh, wealth in that period the state the soviet state had a disdain for religion as it based its ideals on the secular gods of capital and equality using these very tools they had set to conquer the world and release it from the influence of the capitalist america which is a completely different story altogether we have already seen how marxist disdain for religion and its replacement with atheism based on materiality is a very semitic idea Marxism borrows a lot from Semitic theology including its timelines the ideas of prophets like Stalin Mao uh, or other revolutionary leaders and the overall understanding of the world which is divided into the believers in the great cult of equality or equalizing force and the non-believers which uh, the non believers basically beg to differ and uh, uh tend to have their own thoughts regarding the world that is why 
in the words of conrad elst communists are excellent at slandering people and opinions that they don't agree with it is true that the west has progressed in its quote unquote humanistic ideals of tolerance of other faiths and ethnic groups due to the tussle between the two monsters the two monsters are the semitic system of the one true god and the semitic cult of equality now indians or dharmics do not have to progress this way necessarily hence let's get back to the great indian brand of secularism and slander of religion it is a great intellectual task indeed of treating everything under the bracket of religion as one because this involves a great intellectual gymnastic or sheer ignorance to differentiate between the nature of dharmic and semitic belief systems abrahamic faiths insist on conversion have nothing but hatred for idol worship so on and so forth dharmic faiths on the other hand do not have a single book do not have a single god rather we have a diverse set of sampradayas or traditions and a diverse set of scriptures there is no finality on the word of god no finality on the cons or uh, or concepts of prophets etc these are just a few points mentioned to draw a distinction between the nature of the two outlooks to the world the interesting part is the same intellectuals who are hooked on to slandering religion for their intellectual activity are hooked on to identity politics more intellect uh, more interestingly they are hooked on to identity politics that benefits them for an equalizing god which the marxian intellectuals and activists imagine themselves to be the world has to be divided into victims and exploiters and because the complex phenomena of human suffering has to fit into a ridiculous theory of availability of uh, wealth benefits aka capital they had to formulate some other way to codify suffering that means the suffering has to be measurable against something earlier it was wealth availability of land and capital now it has to be something else that is previously the world was divided into haves and have nots rich and poor but let's say they had to diversify this criteria once they saw more of the world <laughs> now for example the world became divided into men and women whites and non whites majority community and minority community with the former being the persecutor and the latter being the persecuted again as mentioned before this comes from a very deficient understanding of human condition or the nature of human suffering but we will get into the esoteric sometime else in the future for the time being let us understand one psychological phenomena very clearly a culture that produces martyrs celebrates victimhood i repeat a culture that produces martyrs celebrates victimhood and this very sentiment is used to mobilize masses 
because let's face it who wouldn't like to be you know uh, carrying the sword of justice imagine mobilizing a crowd on the visual of a death of a soldier that could be your family member yes this is exactly how it works and unfortunately it is becoming a part of our national discourse in my opinion it is weakening our national identity um this convinces the individual of their victim status while urging them to fight for the cause you have guessed it right semitic religions are the religions of martyrdom because essentially they are the religion of war and so called sacrifice abraham or ibrahim's sacrifice of his dearest son for god he was being tested marks the way for which uh, for what is now celebrated as bakri eid in which lakhs of goats are slaughtered as a sacrifice to their one true god this tradition continued as prophets like moses waged war against infidels in the name of what he understood as one true god or uh, yahweh which is the judaic version judaic name of their one true god so wars give you martyrs all right interestingly while our national discourse is rife with the visuals of dying soldiers the hindu is unbothered and still doesn't have a claim to the victim status this is precisely because of our attitude towards life and death because of the knowing that death is not final that are that there are lives after lives and that what is sanatan shall be eternal always and forever i feel that in this massive endurance of being a hindu there is a strong backbone of being a sanatani the one who belongs to the tra- tradition of the eternal perhaps this is why hindus have been repeatedly losing the victimhood game even when quite righteously it can be used for our own advantage for example the genocide of kashmiri hindus in 1990 they emptied the valley of hindus hence people including negationists or history deniers argue that argue against a collective hindu identity or even give ridiculous arguments about hindu identity being an upper caste invention or saying that there there existed nothing hindu before 1800s all of this is happening either in front of you or behind your back yet it is important to remember that the holocaust argument and a great academic slash intellectual mobilization of the holocaust got jews the modern state of israel they never stopped writing and talking about the persecutions they faced in christian and islamic cultures because in islamic cultures they were known as dimmies or zimmies uh, as second or third class citizens until they convert and in christian cultures uh, they were seen as christ killers they came to a point that the memory of holocaust became so etched in the psyche of the world that it got the jews the international support to return to their quote unquote promised land israel what we are fighting for or trying to save is not a promised land but our homeland the dharmics are trying to save their homeland for themselves
the land from which springs our very identities while we haven't successfully managed to create an identity of victimhood to compete in the identity politics game there is a greater lesson to be learned let our stories of survival and endurance be something that joins us let the truth of struggles of hindus and other dharmics over the past millennia make us come together let these stories be told and retold because if hindus aren't good at the victimhood game we sure are good at the survival and endurance it is time to hit it a notch higher let there be a purpose in reuniting a purpose in finding out who we are i personally believe that it is uh, time to shed the survival layer we are not supposed to be in survival mode any longer we have been in survival mode for the past millennia now so do not hesitate to visit your local temple or a pilgrimage that calls to you or scriptures that you'd like to read and discover within yourself the nature of sanatan because there is a certain strength in these enduring forms of our beloved devis bhagavatis narayana and shiva start discovering the esoterics by yourself ask yourself this how do i tap into the strength of this tradition how do i know why it still survives and why am i here this is it for today thank you so much for tuning in uh, i really appreciate those of you who have been following the podcast and uh, i encourage everyone who's listening to uh, be tuned into the whole series thank you so much much love jai sri ram namaste i'll see you next time